Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sexy sexuality with me. Sound fun? Well, you haven't even heard our guest. Well, may- well, maybe you probably know who it is, though, because you clicked on the link. Everybody, <laughs> please, welcome to the mic. Okay, this is a mouthful. Public whore, private menace. Please welcome author, performer, publisher, producer, pornographer, Andrew Warehunt. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my mother. Least of all, God. Uh, and uh, so long and good night. A cab. All right. Hi, Erin. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, very, very good. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm I was excited to chat with you, but there are like some really cool things that you've been doing lately that I was like, come back on. You'll come back on the pod. Obviously. Yeah. Anytime you ask, I got to I I will clear my schedule for you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Name the time, name the place, I'll be there with bells on. Oh, bellies. Little bellies. That's cute. Bells are a cute addition to an outfit, a little accessorizing. Always. (laughs) To to make a sound with your outfit? Beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) You need need a loud outfit? (laughs) You want it close to your ears? Earrings. It's hell. Have you ever done that? (laughs) Had a noisy earring on? Oh, man. (gasps) The audio overstim is real. It's the worst. Oh. (laughs) I'll stick with my studs. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds really annoying. It's awful. I, like, once, like, wore these, like, fancy chandelier earrings to some event, and, like, little did I know before putting them on that they literally did sound like you were wearing bells on your freaking ears. I was like, worst decision ever. I need a timeout. I need a quiet room. (laughs) Sit down, stare at a wall. That, yep. Yep. Alone in the VIP. (laughs) Just sit down, stare at a wall, sad. Been there. Yep. <laughs> we've uh, all been there. We've uh, let's be honest. We've all been there. Um, the thing I'm most excited, perhaps, perhaps, to talk to you about is literal bimbos because I realized I hadn't had you on to talk about that yet, and that is this is like a massive, amazing thing that you're doing. And I saw like in an Insta story, I believe that you're like literal bimbos is my identity now. <laughs> <laughs> Literal bimbles is life. 
Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I yes. feel like it's equally as important. The impact has been important and the impact on you has been important. True. <laughs> so let's talk about what is literal bimbo. Well, literal bimbo started as a creative writing workshop um, that I launched in uh, July 2022, mm -hmm. um, which had been like a long standing dream of mine to teach creative writing to sex workers specifically. Um, and so I got a pretty good response from people over social media, you know, as far as like interest in doing this type of thing. And the turnout month to month was great. Um, I basically taught the bimbos everything that I knew about story structure, starting with The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. And then I moved into uh, The Heroine's Journey, which is a sort of response to this like kind of patriarchal um, monomyth structure. Mm -hmm. um, and that's by Maureen Burdock. Um, and then I, for the third session, taught them a sort of hero's journey from the perspective of tarot and the major arcana. Mm. And then by the end of that session, like, and we were having amazing conversations and like sort of uh, like using the structure to create like group stories where we all like kind of collaborated together on creating like a sex worker hero's journey. Mm. And then um, by the end of the third session, <laughs> we were all just sitting there and, and then they were like, um, can we make something now? <laughs> yeah, we've got quite the portfolio now. Uh, what yeah. to do with it, I wonder. Yes. yes. And I, I had uh, sort of mused in my fantastical imagination of the prospect of perhaps turning this creative writing project into a publishing project. Um, yeah. It kind of makes sense. If you're creating writing at a workshop, those stories can be continued uh, to be workshopped and then printed and bound absolutely, and absolutely. distributed to the world. So like, you know, the initial impulse for me was to, we could creatively and most importantly, collaboratively work together to bring this little zine into the world that's like, you know, fairly lo-fi um, to give sex workers the Is it opportunity. Is lo-fi? It's gorgeous. It did not turn out to be lo-fi. And that's a lot of that is um, the work of our art director, uh, Pia Graham. Um, yeah, she absolutely knocked it out of the park with the design. Um, oh, we all absolutely. we all designed like m uh, most of us. If if like we weren't present, we you know I called them like assembly meetings <laughs> where we were assembling our own layouts. And so most of the layouts in the zine are like hand cut and pasted by the bimbos themselves. Uh, and then otherwise, if people weren't able to attend the assembly meetings, we were doing it for them. But like everything has been essentially uh, produced by hand. Wow. And yeah, so I wanted to give sex workers the opportunity to get that feeling, that very like uh, specific feeling of, of being published and like having a story out there that you can publish under a pseudonym, you know, for community essentially. Yeah. Um, cause I know that that was really important when I got started and I, you know, I was deeply conflicted, like in my early twenties before, like any of my writing ever really went out there about, you know, 
do I publish under a different name? Do I have to hide myself? Like, and what's it like to get a story out there? And the first time I saw my work in print, especially, you know, a sex worker story, it was um, life changing. And so, yeah, and that if was I remember, like my- Andrea, at the very beginning, you weren't even um, you weren't even sure if you were going to say that you were a sex worker or not, you were going to maybe have it be maybe it's a little fictitious. Is it true? Is it not true? We'll lead that up to the reader. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, that was happening also. It was it was uh, quite the dance yeah. that I was doing with the truth uh, to protect my own safety. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, I have made the choice to be face out with my legal name. Same. Um, same. Yes, you were in exactly the same, same position. Same girl, yeah, yeah. And that it comes with, uh, you know, it does come with some privileges, but it also comes with some pretty severe downsides. For sure. And, um, you know, coming out is not never, never, ever a decision to be made lightly. But I... I think primarily my motivation um, arises out of the fact that I'm an artist and I'm an artist who wants to stand by her life and her work and uh, unabashed and without fear. And that means taking scary risks. And I've chosen to do that because that's what that's what artists do. That's what they should do. It's not yeah. I mean, but I understand <laughs> we all have to hide <laughs> to an extent because, you know, the laws are unjust um, everywhere around the world when it comes to sex work. So, um, yeah. And speaking of art, the, the zine like really strikes me as like an art zine, you know? Yes. Yes. It's, it's art forward. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so cool because, um, sex workers, a lot of sex workers are creatives. A lot of sex workers are creatives. So I just love these like two worlds coming together. Uh, yeah, I think that, um, I don't know how one affords to be an artist without being a sex worker. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know how they do it if they're not doing sex work. I, I like I need to work to survive. And, you know, as an artist, I'd rather make my money with experiences that have the potential to enrich me and deepen my knowledge and expand my narrative imagination. So... And influence Sex- my art potentially, you know. Oh God, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm um, sorry, did I cut you off at, when I first interrupted you there? <laughs> did I cut you off when I interrupted you? I don't know. Yes, Who that's cares? the essence of interruption. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? It's your show. Interrupt me all you want. Um, okay. Uh, so yes, sex worker stories by sex workers. Um, yeah. How important is that? How important is this? It's the most important. Yes. It's, it is, it, there's nothing that trumps uh, sex worker storytelling by and for sex workers. There is no other way. Um, and I feel it in my bones that sex worker storytelling is actually the key to changing the hearts and minds of civilian society. Um, because it's the only way that they will learn how to relate to us as human beings. And only until we are fully humanized by the civilian population will we see any movement in the changing of laws. People have to see us as similar to them. 
yeah. And of yeah. course we are. We're workers. It's just work. We're creatives. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. And so um, creating space for sex worker storytelling is is absolutely paramount. And also, you know, we have to wrest control from the hands of civilians who insist on telling our stories for us, always 99% of the time do a bad job um, and indulge their own fantasies about our labor um, and then present it to the public as trauma porn, as entertainment. And it's uh, disturbing and it needs to stop. And the only way that we can do that is to create uh, safer conditions for sex workers to come out and tell their own stories uh, to to their limit as far as you know how much they want to reveal about their own identities of course that always has to be a priority for sure. but our, our, that's why I love the zine because people can use pseudonyms you're not seeing anybody's faces but it's still a story that's getting out there that is not only helping the storyteller sort of like get something off their chest that they've been ho- holding on to for a long time but for the reader to, to feel like, oh my God, somebody else has had exactly the same type of experience as I have. And then for the civilian reader of Literal Bimbos, you know, they're learning, they're learning about our humanity. Yeah, they're learning our nuance, the nuance in our lives and our work and our stories. Yeah. I like yeah. that you mentioned um, people relating to, I think even civilian civilians reading those stories can relate to those stories. Civilians have sex. Like just because there's payment involved doesn't mean that we don't have very similar experiences with sex and with dating and, and personal relationships, interpersonal relationships, all of, all of that stuff. Right. It's very relatable. The work we do literally everyone has sex, almost everyone, you know, lots of people have sex. We just do it for money. That's literally it. That's it. That's the only difference. And yeah, I mean, I think that civilians have a lot to learn from sex workers about establishing boundaries and valuing your own time. Like we know how to value our time. That I I, honestly, that is the number one, I think, big influence sex work has had in my life, specifically my dating life. um, I think it's just like, I don't, I won't have my time wasted. I can't mm-hmm. have my time wasted. It's so enormous how differently I value my time now. Both for because I am a creative, as we mentioned, you know, many times. Like we all have our little projects going on. So like, yeah, no longer will I not get paid for my work, you know? Or not get paid enough for my work. Like no fucking longer. Yeah, and I I yeah, there's I agree. I agree with everything that you've said. I and you know one of the stories in Literal Bimbos. It's called LFS. It's by Brea Bell. It touches on this idea about um, you know having an affair with a man, a married man, mm-hmm. and when you're paid essentially to have an affair with somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one thing. But to do it for free, you know, to be someone's secret for free? Hell no. Uh, no. No. No, I'm not doing that. I respect myself too much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a secret. I wasn't born to be a secret. Um, you know, and I, it's complicated when you're a public whore, such as myself, um, (laughs) to private menace. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very secure person who can, uh, love me publicly. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, 
That's not everyone. That's not if people might want to smash. That's not most. That's not most people. I will it's tell not. you, as somebody who also is very public whore, um, it's not most people. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not. People. Uh, they. They cannot reconcile their own insecurities with our power, and that's on them. That's not on us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, are we going down this rabbit hole? <laughs> Because, like, this is, like, my maybe my main wall I hit with trying to date. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, I think it's this, like, fantasy reality disconnect yeah. of, like, they just see my work and then they assume they know who I am as a person to date. And I'm like, that's literally a work persona. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, a work, it's literally a dominant work persona that's marketed in a way it's curated in a way to attract submissive men essentially like i see people of all genders obviously in all orientations but like you know the main part of my marketing is that i am a dominant woman uh you know um to wait, have men you- kneeling at my feet <laughs> like like i'm not saying i'm not dominant in my personal life as well but also i'm baby <laughs> And also, thousand percent. I, <laughs> and also, I love love. And also, I have a gazillion other interests and needs and wants and desires. It's like, you know, I I think you know more than anyone actually. When I say, you know, <laughs> I think you do. I think you absolutely do. I have insight into this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it sucks. It's it sucks, but it's also like, um, you know what? Higher standards are a gift. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if people aren't willing to take the time to get to know you as a person, um, and if they insist on, um, I guess, seeing you one-dimensionally, I, I think that's, like, uh, part of the problem is that we're, we're perceived um, as these sort of flat archetypes without humanity yeah i think it's the same thing you were talking about of like how we're seen in media because that's essentially what we're doing when somebody just googles us before you know we go on that date on thursday that's exactly what they're doing they're consuming media about us yeah and they 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 can't hear how loud i belch uh in those photos (laughs) My flatulence is iconic. <laughs> you're not you're not getting smell of vision on those pictures. That's a damn shame. And isn't that a shame? Yeah. Like uh, people uh, it's just like <laughs> I am a fleshy menace and I <laughs> I contain multitudes and so much gas. <laughs> multitudes of gas. <laughs> And they'll never know unless they pay. Well, that, that you know, yes. <laughs> I, I love, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe not. But I love, um, there's like memes that are like, all hot girls have IBS. <laughs> yes. And like, all, yes. And eczema. And eczema. <laughs> and eczema. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> the patches. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's, uh, but. When you find the people that get you and they they get it. They're lifers. Yeah. They're lifers. You stick with them. You stick with them like a barnacle. And 
um, you know, they're out there. There, there are mature people out there who can accept us as full human beings with, you know, nuanced and complex and banal lives. And yeah. um, I mean, that's like, that's something I find fascinating is like, you know, people think our lives are so crazy, but they don't understand how mundane it is also. Um, yes. So you get, yeah, you get both. You get people who are like, absolutely not when they see, you know, a picture of me as a dominant, they're like, oh no, I'm not ready for that. You get that. But then on the other hand, you get people that are like, oh, that's novel. Let me ask you everything about that because I'm fascinated <laughs> by this car wreck I'm driving by, you know? <laughs> right. And it's just the, then the date is just a podcast interview and not a good one. Not the Ugh. ones I do, Andrea. No. Not my podcast. Hell no. <laughs> no, no. I, I, well, I know obviously exactly what you mean. Um, and I, like, I feel grateful that like people don't, um, like I'll, I'll just straight up ask someone for money, like for compensation to answer questions Ooh, or like, I like read that. my book. <laughs> hey, yeah. guess what? I've got a book that answers all of these questions. Yeah, I told all the dirty deets in this book. So <laughs> I don't have to on every day tell these stories and answer these questions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I mean, I, I'm all for curiosity and um, asking questions and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm that's not... what you do on a date. You want to know about the person, right? Like, it's not, yeah. that's not the thing. It's like, just respectfully, you know, in a respectful way, in a way pay that me. respects my privacy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and also pay me. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going Dutch You're... anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to like this. <laughs> we just crossed the threshold of labor and I'm doing too much of it and uh, I will need to be compensated. So. No, I, yeah, I, it's, it's like, I I think for me, um, it's, uh, dating and like crushing on people, it can be hard because like in my head, it's like, if I like somebody, is, is this a person that I want to engage with in a sex work type of way? Or is this someone I'm willing to give it to for free? Yeah. And when I'm willing to give it to someone for free... That is a rare um, gift that I uh, am willing to bestow on someone I find very special. And then if that that gift is rejected, <laughs> oh, man. I I get so hurt. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I think you just I think you just kind of put that. You really condensed that for me. That thing of like. I'm trying to find why ha- why I struggle with dating and why I find that I just never find a good match or whatever. Even swiping, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I never even fucking swipe on the apps, right? Because it is that thing. It's like, I'm trying to find the person that I'm going to give it to for free. And yeah. that's tall fucking order for me. So I think that in that way, sex work has also informed my dating life. That thing of how you said high standards are a gift. I like how you phrase that also. Um, Because sometimes it seems like a hurdle. Um, But yeah, I'm literally trying to find the person that I want to give it to for free. And you and and you have to be so fucking special um, for me to want to do that. And yeah, I I think that's also why I take rejection kind of hard. Because I'm like, I almost never... Mm-hmm. reach out like that to someone for free mm-hmm. in this oh. economy? Oh, 
And then to get a rejection, I mean, yeah, I asked somebody out on a date and I was really proud of myself actually recently. And, you know, I didn't know their situation. So I had low expectations for uh, the response. I didn't know what their relationship structure looked like or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But like, I've known them for years and I ran into them and I was like, hey, I'd love to go on a date with you if that's something you would like to do. And, you know, their their current relationship structure did not allow for that. And they're like, I'm not comfortable doing that right now. I was a little devastated. I was still very proud of myself that I actually did the thing because I, as I said, I almost never do the thing. Yeah. But that heartbreak um, that you're talking about, I fucking feel that and I get why that happens. Um, and I can tell you, I uh, have been in exactly the same situation where you shoot your shot and mm-hmm. then you find out what the situation is and then you realize the situation mm-hmm. makes successfully (laughs) shooting the shot impossible yes and um then you're sort of left to mourn a love affair that never happened yeah what could have been yeah and i i find that my um my ability to fantasize and i see I, i like to play a game in, in various realms of my life called logical conclusions. Okay. And, and it's, it's actually kind of the backbone of the way that I uh, create story, mm. which is like, I kind of, I have to think of every possible outcome and like see it to its logical conclusion. Mm. And when you're crushing on someone, I, at least for me, like I, I will try and walk through every possible logical conclusion of like, here's the good situation, here's a bad situation, here's a definitely do not go this way situation, but uh uh-oh, are we moving in that direction? Oh, God. Like, (laughs) back up, back up, abort, abort mission. Oh, God, we've made a mistake. (laughs) Can we recover? Um, And it's uh, when, when you're crushing on someone, that sort of fantastical ability to think of all these various possibilities with you and that other person gets so ignited and is so intense and, and is also like, you know, pleasurable and, and fodder for so much masturbation. The most, and, yeah. Oh my God, it's great when you're in like a good place with a crush where you're like, oh my God, this could be so hot. This is how it could happen. And this is how it would go down. And I want to do everything it... with this person. Yeah. Yeah. And like... to this person. Yeah. And then you, 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 you know, wake up at three in the morning and realize like, oh my God, this could ruin both of our lives. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, that's, that's the, that's the crushing part of a crush is that like you, you know, in a, in the a fairly crushing tr- part of a crush. Oh, Andrew, you are a writer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's the crushing part of a crush. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but that's, yeah, it's um, to go a little bit deeper into it. You know, for me, I, my creative instinct and my sexual instinct are firmly intertwined. And so I've had this lifelong problem where I confuse um, sexual attraction for a desire to creatively collaborate with someone. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if I want to fuck them or make art with them. Mm. And sometimes if you go the smash route. <laughs> smash down. Smash, smash down. Smashy, smashy lane. <laughs> yeah. 
that. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Um, <laughs> if we go Super Smash Bros. route, before the art making part, you can't ever get to the art making part. Yeah, you might not get. <laughs> you can't like creatively fuck and make something beautiful with this person because you've decided to do it with your flesh first, and and that's like that's that I am forever confused by it because like i i can get such a strong physical sexual reaction mm. out of someone i find inspiring mm-hmm. so it puts me into some pretty like uh some predicaments uncomfortable situations yeah where i have to like control myself and i have to really like take a step back and be like what what type of attraction is this yeah this is interesting yeah. i've talked with like specifically i think this topic comes up with like ace folks um or a spectrum folks that like i have on the pod where we talk about these different types of attraction um and like yeah this like kind of talent crush creative attraction is like a thing that's fully a thing that it can be separate or combined with like sexual and like all the others like aesthetic attraction stuff like that and it's like yeah it's important for people um yeah to kind of sit with that and be like ooh, what is this now pick it apart perhaps you know if it serves you Post podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website www.clubm4.com If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But like, oh, Andrea, this is like, I shot my shot with somebody um who is a collab artistic collab person of mine Mm. and we collab Mm. once a year perhaps doing like a project and i shot my shot recently hard oof (laughs) yeah 
hard and they were like, um, you know, we had another project kind of on the horizon and they were like, yeah, I'll let you know, like when we, you know, I get back from wherever we'll like get together and, you know, work on a thing. And I was like, I want to prioritize the date. I want to prioritize a date actually. And they kind of, they kind of, they kind of ghosted slash were busy with other stuff for a while after I shot it that hard. And then suddenly today, actually, they were back in my DMs being like, not about the date, though, Andrea, heartbreak, <laughs> about, hey, we should collab, you know, we should collab soon. Sorry, I've been busy. We should collab soon. I was like, ugh. you know what? That's a good sign, though. Yeah, it is it's a for good the sign. art part. For the art side, it's a good sign. It's, you know what, I think any, if, if you can keep someone in your life after you've yeah, shot that, your shot that, and missed, yeah you know, yeah, there, yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's respect in that. Like, honestly, listen, people shoot their shot with me all the time. Yeah, I bet. Oh, <laughs> most, I bet. Most of the time, most I of bet. the time I have to be like, respectfully, no, but like respect to you for shooting. Like I, I, full respect, <laughs> full respect. <laughs> respect respect like i'm shooting you know like it's i'm not in a position to uh receive this shot but (laughs) to get shot never get don't give up i'm ducking respectfully ducking respectfully ducking (laughs) but i yeah like i i know i because i do it so rarely and when i do and here's the other thing aaron what What? Here's another thing I've learned and I've had to kind of learn over and over and over again over the years. It's like if I have a crush on someone mm-hmm. and I have to be the one who shoots my shot, 99% of the time I miss. <laughs> like yeah. because because I'm the kind of person <laughs> where like if somebody likes me, they're going to shoot their they're shot. They're going to tell me. Yeah, I will know. They will make it abundantly clear. I think that's similar with me. Yeah. Every time I try, I fail. <laughs> like every time, because I basically need someone to be obsessed with me. Oh, oh, same. From the, the word from obsessed, the Andrea. The word obsessed, right from the jump. Same, 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 same. And if you're not immediately, I'm like, okay, so no, then no. Like, yeah, same, yeah. Like, and maybe that sounds uh, perhaps egotistical to a, a certain type of uh, listener but no I think I think we understand as people who you know have uh, shots shot at us that <laughs> like you you need I I just like if I have to fight to make you like me yeah where it's not gonna work <laughs> like, yeah I'm, and that, that I also, come fully likable yes that and that kind of plays on my stuff also that plays on my like bad buttons of like I don't I never for my own mental health want to put myself in a position where I'm trying to prove my worth to somebody because that no. is like that no. plays on all my bad buttons so like it's, that no. yeah but also this thing of um this thing of like I'm at the point in my fucking life where I know what I need and I know what I want. And I need somebody that can like dedicate a significant time and energy for me. If you're going to, if we're going to date, if we're going to be dating, 
Like, I need you, like, I use the word, I need you to be obsessed with me. Like, I, I use that word. But, like, what I mean by that word is, like, I think it's a pretty bare minimum, honestly. I'm, like, I just need you to, like, f- I need to feel like you're dating me. I need to yeah. feel like I'm special. That's a big, like, and not more special than anyone else. Like, who cares? But I need to feel like I've got all your fucking attention when we're hanging together. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah. I, I think... I, to be fair, I feel like I approach my relationships, those those free relationships, as people that I like want to be with in the long term. Yeah. Um, I I give them obsession in return. Same. Yes. Absolutely. I'm absolutely here to reciprocate. Also, I'm not just expecting, yeah, somebody to be obsessed with me and me just kind of <laughs> being shitty about it. And I think that's what the the crush of crushing is, is an obsession without an outlet. Mm -hmm. It's you become obsessed with someone that's not reciprocating. (laughs) It's kind of, dare I say, it's kind of a parasocial relationship, right? That we experience often the other, we're often on the other side of it, where people consume our whatever, our media, our content. um, Or they book us a couple times and then they develop so this is kind of interesting you know when you think of it that way because people do that about us all the time they fantasize about our greater lives maybe our greater relationship with these people they feel like they know us way way more than they do and they feel like they maybe deserve access to yeah us you know maybe way way more than they do Mm -hmm. yeah and I, i I don't I I personally don't mind being the object of um obsession so long as people are safe and they're not yeah trying to hurt me in any yeah, particular quote unquote way. quote obsession again like using that word crush people yeah. okay people I, I'm sure you know maybe a couple people have crushes on me and that's really sweet and I I like knowing that yeah you know even if they never reach out and they never have to like uh, yeah I know what I, clients I mean, I, crush hard on me I know I know what yeah. ones are like, yeah, quote unquote obsessed. I, yeah, I know. I know. I have a type. <laughs> Can I tell you something I discovered? <laughs> yes, please. Can I, about my uh, my type. Yes. <laughs> it, there's like a, a a shocking number of um, people who are my type. Uh, they really, they, they're really good at impressions. That's <laughs> not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I discovered that I have people who are my type who like to put on voices and oh do God. impressions. I'm like, how is this the thing that, that makes you all? <laughs> how's that a thing? But I'm here for it. I am embarrassed, but I am gleefully <laughs> excited. This is a strange mix of emotions, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> That's adorable. That's adorable. I love it. I think, though, that this thing is, like, it's human. It's very human to do that. We want to connect, not the impressions thing. (laughs) (laughs) The developing, like, a parasocial, you know, fantasy relationship in your head. And it's a human thing. And... Us as sex workers, let's be honest, we play into that, you know, or we can play into that depending on our marketing. 
we do kind of want client. This is interesting, right? Because it's like we are very clearly offering a service that is in this container. So yeah. we have boundaries surrounding our work and our relationships with our clients and whatnot. However, we do this thing. That's the reality. But the fantasy element of our work is that we are engaging this like, well, you know, you kind of want your clients to fall a bit in love with you. You Absolutely. want them to crush on you. You yeah. you know, so you want to, you know, and you want to try and like ideally balance it in a way that like makes sense for both of you. But that is a thing that that we do kind of play with and engage with. Yeah. It's so true. I think that is the bread and butter of our business, crushes. Yeah. And yeah. and contained crushes, um, managed crushes. Yeah. Uh, because when I think about like okay, Curated so on OnlyFans. Yes. With with my subs on OnlyFans. Yes, yes. Okay. So, like, there are people on there who respect my time. And they yep. respect the value of the work that I provide. And they tip me when they want to talk to me, yep. or they want to share fantasy, or they want to show me their dick. I get a tip mm-hmm. because they respect me. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> respect know? my work. They respect that I'm at work right now. Yeah. They they respect that I'm taking time out of my day to look at their dick pic. Yeah. And I respect that about them. And when there's a mutual respect and an ability to contain the crush in a, like a safe and healthy way where we can continue to engage with each other, we're aware of a fantasy that we're we're both playing into. Yeah. It's a fantasy that feels good. There's no harm in it, you know, as long as as long as that threshold, that boundary does not get crossed where people, like you were saying earlier, feel entitled to more of your time and yep. more of your, I mean, yeah, it's your attention, attention. Um, yeah. and beyond that, of course, your body, etc. cetera. Um, and I find like they want to see more and more behind the curtain and they think that's always. a privilege and they think that's something that they're that special people oh boy are we going there clients thinking they're special um that they think they're entitled to if they are special then they see stuff that other people don't get to see like they peek behind the curtain they get a no makeup selfie they get a stuff like that yes and i i mean i'm personally i'm very grateful for my clientele my subscribers like uh, the, the what because I, I i run a fairly tight ship and <laughs> they i i dispose of the, the 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 people that do not respect me and my time i don't yes. entertain it and part of that is also of course having the privilege of being yeah. able to say no i was gonna say yeah they're you know honestly during the pandemic like beginning of the pandemic first maybe year a year and a half of the pandemic I did entertain those you know because I needed fucking money yeah you know yeah we I think we all have stories about and no judgment for no judgment ever because you have to do what you gotta do and we know we know how to play the game um and we sometimes have to you know grit our teeth and bear it uh because we need to eat and and there's absolutely no shame in the game like you have to do what you gotta do yeah um but when you are in a position where you can say no to people that's when things start to get really good (laughs) yeah that's when you're like 
Yeah. <laughs> living life. Living the dream. The, yeah. The no is good. Yeah. 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 Ideally, you know, you're across any job, anywhere, you mostly interact with the clients that you really res- like and respect your work and they tip you well and all of that stuff like mm-hmm. in an ideal world right yeah of course always in an ideal yeah. world yeah. um and and like off you know with only fans you know i don't know who's uh you know subscribing to my page and then what ripping everything off my page and putting it on the internet free for everybody else. I don't know yeah. if that's happening. I'm sure yeah. it will. It's just kind of how the internet works. Like I can't trust yeah. that every single person who gives me money likes me or respects me or yeah. thinks yeah. I'm Good worth point. protecting. You Good know, point. these yep. are, you can never, there are never any guarantees when, you know, at the end of the day, they're just your clientele. <laughs> you know, they're not like, yeah. you know, and if you, yeah, that's an interesting thing because it's like, um, for me as a kink facilitator specifically, it's this thing of like, I have to trust that the person is approaching this ethically um, yeah. to a certain extent, right? I can only do so much to try and determine that and try and determine whether I want to engage with this person based on where I see their, you know, their morals, I guess, surrounding this type of a thing, like whatever kinka happens to be. Um, And all you could do as a provider is when you see little red flags, you know, when you see, when you notice things bothering you, when you notice something happening to your body after, during, um, to then, you know, move forward and be like, okay, that felt like a lot more emotional labor or that bothered me for some reason, or I'm getting a bad feeling about this person. And all you can do if you like really do want to maintain that you're, you know, interacting with the people that ideally have the same set of, you know, morals ethics as you do is to, you know, move forward, either blocking them or limiting their access or breaking up with them. That's the thing, breaking up with the Mm. client, you know, or again, no judgment if you're not, because you need the fucking money. But I think that's something I had to kind of wrap my brain around and accept that I can't be sure that, as you said, every client is not, you know, wishing me harm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's such a tough one, especially when, um, you know, as an example, yeah. um, clients around screening practices. Right. For instance, or uh, other safety protocols when when they get upset because they feel that, uh, you know, at a certain point, you know, they've invested a certain amount of money in you and um, they feel that essentially they've bought your trust. Right. And when safety protocols are perhaps revealed (laughs) at some later stage in the game and they bristle at that and they feel like, well, why would you, why would you need to confirm something I told you is true? Like, I don't, you trust me? No, I don't. Uh, the answer is no, I don't. And how could <laughs> no, I? I don't. I don't know you. How, how can I really fully ever trust anyone? Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, you have your friends and people that you love and you know, love you and always have your best interests at heart. And those, those are people that you keep extraordinarily close to you and you hold on to for dear life um i i have very positive relationships with um 
with people and I still can't say with 100% certainty that someone's not going to try and kill me. Wow. Yeah. And that's the reality of being a woman. Let's, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. That is yep. the number one fear of being a woman. <laughs> yeah. Death. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody murder. Literally getting killed. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's kind of a downer, but like, it, <laughs> Oh my God. It, <laughs> You don't right, have a murder fantasy. Say. You don't have. <laughs> oh no! Well, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I you don't. You want to be penetrated? You know that no. moment in Kill Bill. Um, what's her name? Uh, oh, Gogo. Gogo has a scene in a bar where she's some man is trying to pick her up, and she's like, "You want to penetrate me?" And she takes takes out a knife and stabs him. She's like, how does it feel to be penetrated? And I was like, okay, oh. okay, but this is kind of hot. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Epic. Uh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Fantasy versus reality. <laughs> you know, like, I, I can't remember what language it is, whether it's Nordic. It's one of the Nordic languages, but the, the, word, the etymology of vagina is sheath. Like a sheath for your sword? Yes. Interesting. Which sounds so incredibly violent and terrible. Yeah. A place to put your sword. I don't like it. Mm. Ouch. I don't know. For me, I'm like engaging the fantasy elements. I'm like hot. Yeah. A little hot, though. A little hot. (laughs) I appreciate you engaging the fantasy elements. (laughs) We need more people like you in the world. Do Not people like me it. who think so literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, sort of my pussy. No! Get <laughs> away! Why did you make that a word? Yeah, Your why is genitalia. that? Yeah, why is that the word? <laughs> Gross. Of all words. Yeah, I get that too. I can hold both of these things I can hold to be true. <laughs> and that's why we love you. Problematic, yes. Fantasy, yes. Fantasy? <laughs> Fantasy is its own different beast. Yeah. So tell me, okay, um, your OnlyFans is kind of a new venture for you. You obviously had like other types of art that you were doing on other paid platforms, but you recently made the jump to do OnlyFans, OnlyFans nudie, nudie duties, nudie tooties. <laughs> oh, the nudie duties, the tootie fruities. Tootie fruity, fresh and fruity. Oh, full of fat. Yeah. (laughs) I'm nude. Tell me what, um, you're nude. Full nude. I'm a nude dude. Nude dude. (laughs) Tell me what, um, what made you want to, um, start the OnlyFans? Um, I got laid off from a job in, uh, March of last year and I, um, needed money. So I decided... I, I spent a very long time thinking about it. What could as I, I do? Yeah, yeah I, which I do when, when I enter a new uh, sector of the sex industry. I like to think about it for a very long time. Again, play logical conclusions right. and just kind of map out maybe the best possible course for myself. Okay. And 
So yeah, I, I decided it was time to start an OnlyFans. Um, I think, you know, what actually kind of um, motivated the choice was I listened to an episode of The Daily, um, the New York Times podcast, um, and they were reading out uh, an article on the weekend. It was called um, The Pimps of OnlyFans. And it was about this like booming industry of uh, management agencies that um, basically run model pages for the model. Yeah. And also engage with people in the DMs. Yes, yes, yes. Pretending to be the model. Of course, um, yeah. And that this was like a huge money making endeavor and that people on OnlyFans, they're there because they want to um, engage in a relationship with a performer um, that feels intimate and close and personal. Yep. And when I heard that, I, I kind of, I took a step back and I, I considered all the sex work I had done up until that point. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm not a relationship expert, but I'm very good at um, establishing and maintaining long-term relationships. I think generally speaking, but also, but specifically in sex work, I have always been um, kept afloat by my regulars. Yeah, yes, put it that right, way. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, I've always had a mind to cultivating long-term relationships with people and um, ensuring that we are both getting something out of our relationship. And so the moment I understood that OnlyFans is a platform Free to that, do that. that thrives on establishing and maintaining relationships, I thought this, this could be win-win for me um, because I happen to really enjoy uh, posing nude for the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I am essentially an exhibitionist mm-hmm. and I do have an interest in preserving my naked body in amber in digital amber on the internet <laughs> yes, because yes. i'm not always going to look like this um and you're not going to tell me that i didn't take full advantage of my youth and my beauty <laughs> my when years. i had it <laughs> in my good years <laughs> oh i fully exploited it trust me i knew um <laughs> i wasn't sleeping on this body nope um <laughs> So I, I, yeah, I, uh, you know, the other funny thing about OnlyFans is that when you're registering for an account, mm-hmm. uh, you now need a form of um, government issued ID to register with the yeah. platform. So it's either a passport or a driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my driver's license. <laughs> To sign up for OnlyFans. <laughs> so oh. I, I... <laughs> I got a G1. What's oh up? Oh my gosh, that's funny. As a non-driver, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. It was it was the kick in the pants I oh needed to God, actually go so, and get it. That's literally so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not getting my passport. I will do the test. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so I did that and... Um, yeah, and then I was like, off to the races, off to the races, and um, I, I'm now, I'm just over four months in. Yeah, 
So this and is this I, is like yeah. an interesting case, right? Of you having a large following that from you, all your other artistic ventures that you can kind of transfer over to this new one. Absolutely. That's a it's huge so- advantage. Like when we talk about people that start OnlyFans, and the thing we talk about of it not being like instant money of like what a hustle it is and stuff like this. But it's this, this interesting thing of already being an influencer, if we're going to use that word, you know, and then I know, no, no. And then starting in OnlyFans, you know, if again, that thing, that very important element of like, okay, you know, how private am I? going to be you know am i going to use my persona that i use here over here which you and i both do <laughs> yeah so it's that thing that i'm sure that was like a massive advantage for you as somebody who is only four months in um i'm sure you're pretty doing you're doing pretty fucking good pretty okay. i'm doing i'm doing well enough yeah it's pretty like it's okay. full-time it's full-time job money it's not um I don't, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm not making maybe as much as I could be. Um, yes. I think that there's, there's actually lots grow. more potential. There's yes. so much room to grow, yeah. but I, I'm proud of like where I'm at. Um, and, and I, I'm aware of like what some of my personal obstacles are. Um, okay. but you know, as far as like what I offer on OnlyFans, because yes, you're right. I basically was coming into it with a platform, which is, yes. you know, sort of rule number one. It's like, you're going to have a lot of an, a hell of a lot of an easier time if you go in with a following that you can funnel into the platform. Um, so I, I obviously had that going for me. Um, but I had to really sit and think about like, what is it that I can offer that is unique and different than what anyone else can do, yeah. which is... Or from a, what you've done in the past, you know? Mm-hmm, like, how is yeah. this a different platform that people can follow that they're not getting anywhere else from me? So I I, I write an original erotic short story every single week. And, yeah, yeah there's, I, I mean, it. there's no one else doing that. Yep. Because no one else is insane enough to do that. <laughs> it's... A, <laughs> mind-numbing space it's 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 the pace is occasionally excruciating but i love it and i'm i'm working on my 20th story this week and and i love it because for me there's a lot of benefits for me (laughs) i think there may be more benefits for me than there are for the subscribers to be honest Because you're, I mean, this is what happened when I started writing erotica. Suddenly you start writing and you've got dozens of stories and you're like, oh, what a fabulous little portfolio I've accumulated. Mm-hmm. Now, now I can potentially do stuff with this. Publishing, Absolutely. Publishing. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel for me, there's um there's a motivation to essentially create for myself a framework in which I am regularly writing and publishing. And I want to be able to write quickly and concisely and well. Um, You know, they're all getting my first drafts. Nice. Um, (laughs) And that's a, if that's not a peek behind the curtain, I don't know what is. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I know some of the stories can, can get better and they will get better. And, and once I have, cause I, 
I've given myself um, a grace, two grace weeks. So in a year, I will have 50 stories. So I already took Christmas off. So I have one more (laughs) week that I feel like I can take off. But I'm really aiming to get to to 50 in November of this year. And once I have that mass, I mean, I can, you know, I'll have the stories. I can pick you know, the, the pick of the litter and, yeah. and who knows what I can do with those. Polish I can publish them. them. Yeah. I can, I can get a book, a collection of short stories, uh, these erotic, I mean, I, whatever. I, uh, potential. That may or may not happen. It's potential. Yeah. But for me, it's just like, it's so valuable as a writer to give myself a reason to write. Uh, give you that deadline. Every day. Yeah. I need yeah. that. Um, and, you know, something I also absolutely love about writing those stories is that I think it is nothing short of magical to be able to inspire a physical reaction in the reader. Yeah. Hey. That that's sorcery. That's connective. That's connective tissue. Holy shit. Like I can write a story that gives people boners and then what? <laughs> they come to completion? They 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 jizz after reading a story that I wrote? That's Amazing. beautiful. I love that's it. Art. If that's not art, I don't know what is. <laughs> I just love the idea of stories inspiring reactions, physical reactions. Like whether it's it's laughter or it's jizz, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I, that is a deep tears. honor. And in it, tears, tears, tears. Hey, I think I've made people cry. <laughs> proud to say, um, with my writing, Same. respectfully. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 writing. Oh, never mind. That's something different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I find that the, the power of story is so um, incredible. And I have no shame about uh, integrating sex into, to, you know, occasionally high quality plot lines. I'm not, yeah. I'm not always like, they're not always the best plots. You gotta write I, once I, a week. I mean... <laughs> Some of them. Sorry, there's, there's no time. There's no time. There's yeah. just no time. <laughs> there's just no time. Um, but I love it. I love writing stories. And gratefully, I have now found like a wider audience for the stories in particular. Like people who have subscribed and are like, you know, I, I can't express to you how specific this is to my kinks. Yeah. Um, you writing stories like this and then I, I do this like video component so I, I do my wiener erotica which is what yeah. I call it and then I do my wiener video where I read my story the next day yeah. and take my top off by the end yeah um they, they love it they love fabulous. it fabulous <laughs> a sister piece to the stories yeah and then like my dream <laughs> yes my dream would be to eventually um have those stories written as scripts and have them be performed and make pornos that way. Um, yeah. Whether it's me starring in them, I don't know. But I, I, I'm very open. If there's like anybody listening who's interested in maybe, this. Yeah, sponsor yeah, this. Yeah, license absolutely. my stories for some high quality pornos because I, my stories, and I'm not, I'm not to toot my own horn or anything, but you know, I'm, I'm obsessed <laughs> with motivation, and I. I think that that's what's missing in a lot of porno. And I find that I find myself attracted to, you know, if I just want to get off, but I feel like I need a bit of a story. Yeah. You know, the, the pornos that have stories tend to be the taboo, um, 
tales and that's all well and good and sometimes i'm feeling evil and you know i'll i'll get off watching something evil um <laughs> but i i think the word evil is great <laughs> sinister <laughs> disturbing <laughs> jizz um <laughs> Oh, this is so bad. It's so good. Um, you know, Absolutely. you you can Absolutely. contain multitudes as well. Um, you know, I think understanding, especially like um, a woman's pleasure and a woman's motivation to fuck, because we just do not have enough representation of women yeah. being horny and initiating sex or like getting this sort of like internal dialogue about wanting to fuck or the yeah. questions that she has to answer before like she, you know, uh, you know, gives up control to somebody or like whatever it is. Like, I really, I want my readers to get a little bit of insight into the motivations we have for fucking. Yeah. Female lens porn. Yeah. Yeah. I love and it's that. silly sometimes. There's just like jokes, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I wrap it all in. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Coming from you, I don't fucking doubt it. But yeah, and then besides the stories, I'm I I publish a a full set a week um, every day. I, I post Monday to Friday, so I really do treat this as my job, and it's paying off. And I'm I'm glad for that. But I think where I stumble a little bit is in the need to constantly promote it, and I don't. As much as it may seem counterintuitive, I'm actually not really into self-promotion yeah yeah and you gotta be right online hustle constant social media engagement you have to be an influencer as much as we hate that word you have to be an influencer at the same time two jobs suddenly two full-time jobs oh great thanks i hate it so it's so much but at the end of the day that's the cost to be the boss yeah i yeah, do maybe. not have a boss. I don't have a fucking boss and I make my money. And, and I'm you make your very art. happy. And I make my art and I write, write my stories. Yeah. I'm flying high. Like it's great. It's it's fantastic. And it's it's the type of work that I can do um and still have time to manage a project like Literal Bimbos. There you go. You know? Yeah. So it's it's all everything's everything's working out. Everything's good. Yeah. What a lovely ecosystem you have mm-hmm. created for yourself. I love that. Andrea, I can't believe we're almost we're at the end of the hour already. Oh, you have shit. to tell us you have to tell us what's happening with literal bimbos? Are we getting another zine soon? Where can we find out? Is there going to be another literal bimbos event soon? And then of course, all your only fans uh, info as well. <laughs> so literal bimbos is uh, we're sort of um, we're recalibrating mm-hmm. where um, we will definitely be having another fundraiser in the near future. Uh, so we're back sort of to square one where we, we need to raise funds. Uh, if there's anyone listening who would like to invest an amount of $5,000 or more into a sex worker press run by and for sex workers, please reach out to me. I am available at hello at andreawarehun.com. Um, we want, we all have an ambition in the group to see this maybe become something bigger than what we had initially set out for yeah. it to be. Um, and we want to make sure that everyone who contributes labor to literal bimbos is paid fairly and that 
we can continue to make high quality work going into the future and really continue to showcase sex worker stories. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned from doing this project, it's that sex workers are so hungry to tell their own stories, to read more sex worker stories, but so is everyone else. Yeah. So many people, everyone is hungry for these stories. Huge demand. And so very thirsty. And so, you know, what I can say for now is make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're at literal bimbos. Um, you can check out our website, literalbimbos.com. Um, we have the e-zine for sale. Um, so come, it's 10 bucks, can't hurt. Check out the writing. Um, and we will definitely be um, doing a little call for submissions in the near future to expand the group. Um, the empire. The empire, <laughs> yes, but... Definitely priority right now is fundraising and making sure that we have enough money to pull off the second edition. And yeah, it's going to be great. I can't, I absolutely can't wait. I love, I love the bimbos so much and we work so well together and you know, it's, it's a fully collaborative process. And so we're going to keep, keep it going. So yeah, Yeah, more parties in the future, more stories in the future and keep going. And, um, your only fans, of course, and other places you want people to follow you on the socials. Well, um, you can follow me. Uh, okay, I'll give you the OnlyFans first. I got a free OnlyFans, and I've got a VIP OnlyFans. You can subscribe to the free if you want, but I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the action really is on the VIP page. Yeah, so it's where it's at. I, it's where it's at. Yeah. So I implore you to <laughs> you <understand>. subscribe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen, you get it. You know, there's there's free, and then. It, you come see what happens when you pay for it. Yeah, there's free um, and then there's better. <laughs> <laughs> there's better. Trust me, it gets better. Um, my VIP page is at Wiener Woman VIP. That's uh, W-E-E-N-E-R Woman VIP. Uh, you can find me on OnlyFans there. Uh, you can find my free OnlyFans and me on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Wiener Woman. Same spelling. Um if you'd like to pay me to find out why I go by Wiener Woman, you are welcome to. Um, <laughs> but I'll leave that a mystery right now. Um, and yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's about it. Amazing uh, for folks. If you don't know by now where to follow me, uh, I'm at the Lady Pim One on Twitter. <laughs> that's where I'm the most active. Certainly, I'm also an old lady lady on TikTok as well. I'm at the Lady Pim. If you want to go over on Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube channel. It's the Bedpost Show. And I just launched my new website for my pro domination. It's LadyPim.com. So go check that out. Ms. Chloe Mars designed it for me. Uh, holler at me if you want her info so that she can design for you a lovely sex worker website uh last but not least i want to thank the lovely lady who does all the original music for the podcast her name is stephanie copeland you can find out more about her stephcopelandmusic.com uh andrea Werhan. man this has been so nice so nice to catch up and see all the fucking amazing things you're doing I love you, Lady Pim. I love you, Ms. Warehun. Where's <laughs> Warehun if you're nasty? Uh, no. Everybody, we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!